return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Really early. Well, Jesus, we're still in love with you and we praise you and we invite your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for your living, breathing word of God. That's sharper than any two-edged sword, and we thank you, Lord, for revelation by your Spirit, even this morning. We thank you for your presence and your power and your love, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I'd like to teach this morning, I guess the title of my message is, The Hand of God is Upon You. When I wrote it, I was thinking a long sermon, so I have to cut a little bit of it out, but that's okay. So the very first time that word, that phrase, the hand of the Lord is upon me, was a rhema word was when I was hearing it. I heard Joel Osteen preach a message. I don't even know what his topic was, but I just know that phrase just jumped out at me. He said, the gracious hand of the Lord is upon me. And I thought, where is that in the Bible? And so I had to do some digging and some searching. It's in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 8. King James puts it a little bit different, but NIV does say it uh, this way. If you look towards the end here, the gracious hand of my God was upon me. Now, theologians call this kind of a phrase an anthropomorphism, long word. But what it means is the scripture is using a human anatomy, the hand of God, to describe our divine and eternal God. And this phrase shows up about 39 times in the Bible. I'm pretty sure it's more than that, but that's what the professional said here. 39 times, 36 in the Old Testament, 3 in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, it always referred to judgment against the enemy, favor for God's people. But as you know, things have changed since Jesus came on the scene. Now there's this dispensation of grace and favor for everybody. So um, here's one of the first, one of the famous ones. Maybe you already know about it. I'm sure you do. Um, the prayer of Jabez in First Chronicles 4, verse 9 and 10. The Bible says Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. More honorable in that he made the choice to seek God and to, um, to trust in him. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Or another translation says, um, he causes sorrow. (laughs) I don't think I'd want either one of those names. Then verse 10 says, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory or my coast, that your hand would be upon me. And that you would keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. Or another translation says that I might not cause pain. And God granted him that which he requested. Now, it was very wise, of course, for Jabez to call upon the name of God. 
But in our case, any one of us who are in Christ already automatically have the hand of God upon our life because Jesus is God's right-hand man, period. And if you're not sure that I'm on the right track here, let's look here at Psalm 98, verse 1. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Now, who is the one that declared it is finished? It was Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's the one who conquered death and hell and the grave. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. How? Through Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Message Bible puts it so cool here. Did we Were we able to find that? Here it is. But now in a single... Victorious stroke, stroke of life, all three, sin and guilt and death, are gone. The gift of our master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. So the exalted and glorified Christ is seated even now at the right hand of the Father, a place of great honor, by the way, and great authority. As Lord and head of the church, Jesus is and always has been God's right-hand man. And more so today than ever. As members of body of Christ, we can wholly depend on, we can completely trust and expect Jesus to do exactly for us what he did for everybody when he walked on the earth and probably greater because he can be um, in such power by the power of the Spirit. So we're going to look at, am I talking too loud? (laughs) We're going to look in depth then at this phrase, the gracious hand of God being upon us. And again, I had to skip a few things because I had way too many notes. So God's hand is mighty is my first point. God's hand is, ah, how come I can't remember? Um, It's a helping hand, a delivering hand. It's a strengthening hand. It's a protecting hand. It's a guiding hand. It's a hand of favor and blessing. And I'll 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 go a little slower now, Helen, (laughs) and talk about one at a time. All right, so God's hand is mighty. It's mighty in creation. And I had a lot of scripture, but I'm just going to skip that. I mean, you just look outside, right? Every bird, every waterfall, every tree, every flower, every glacier, it's God. God did it. He's mighty. He was mighty in creation. And as I explained, there's a lot of scripture in the Old Testament about his hand being against the enemies. But let's look here um, how God's hand is mighty to deliver his people. We're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. Deuteronomy, of course, is the last book that Moses wrote. He wanted to get down on paper for the people everything that he felt they needed to know. So here's one of his reminders. Remember, you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from thence by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. So this is still how God delivers. He still stretches out his arm and extends and shows off that mighty hand of his, who I repeat is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Psalm 118, verse 15, 16, and 17, just a fun little fact. This is the absolute center of the Bible right here. 
And this is what it says. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. And what are they singing? They're shouting, the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. Now, we've used that last verse a lot, haven't we? When we're standing in faith for somebody. But look at all of the credit, all of this might and victory and glorious deliverance from the Lord is all attributed to the Lord's right hand, who I repeat is Jesus. He's seated at the Father's right hand. He is seated in power and glory and complete authority over every other. Hallelujah. Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. And we're going to look at it in the Message Bible. Look. Listen, God's arm is not amputated. He can still save. God's ears are not stopped up. He can still still hear. And what does that mean for you and I? God is still in the business of saving and delivering and setting people free. Hallelujah. He will intervene on your behalf, beloved. So God's hand is also mighty to empower his servants. We're going to look at two specifically here today. Where the scripture actually uses that phrase, the hand of the Lord. So here's one in 1 Kings 18. You're all familiar with the story of Elijah. He was obsessed with the honor of his God. That's really what made him tick. And uh, the people have wavered. They've fallen into idolatry. So this famine comes on the land. Indirect. um, It's a result specifically of Elijah's prayer. And then God shows up on Mount Carmel and there's this show of fire, magnificent display of God's power where the sacrifice is consumed and the water and the dirt and the rocks. And the rocks. So may I remind you, there is no impossibility in your life that God can't just burn up just like that. Hallelujah. Then 1 Kings 18.41 We are at the end now. Can we find verse 41? Did I not give that one to you, maybe? It's okay. I can just read it. It's pretty quick and fast. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. This is Elijah's announcement. But the fun part I want you to see here is how God came through then in answer to Elijah's prayer. So, Yep, thank you. This is verse 41. So this is before this next episode that we're going to look at. Elijah simply announced to Ahab, get you up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. This is before he saw anything. So now let's go to verse 43. He said to his servant, go up. Now look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, nothing. I don't see anything. I'm assuming we've all had prayers like that. Where we're praying and not seeing anything. So that's the first time. Then he prays a second time. The servant runs and looks, nothing. Go look again, nothing. 
Go look again. Nothing. Go look again. I don't see anything. Go look again. I don't see anything. The seventh time, the servant came back and said, I see a cloud. Now, what verse is that here? I see a little cloud out of the sea. Notice this. Like a man's hand. So, I don't know if you get it now, because we're not in the Old Testament, we so we don't know this. The hand of God was just such a big deal in the Old Testament, because it always meant the favor of God. It always meant the blessing of God. Or if you were the enemy, you know, uh-oh, <laughs> we're in trouble here. Um, but, so here's God showing up to Elijah as a man's hand saying, listen, my favor is upon you, my blessings upon you, my help and my blessing is here for you. And, and then he says, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and get you down, that the rain stop you not. And verse 46, do we have that here we do? Yep, yep. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his loins and he ran and he beat Ahab, who was in a chariot. Yeah, okay. So not only is this hand of God about favor, it's also about strength and empowerment. Glory, glory to God. Now, the second servant of God I'd like to um, show you about is Ezra. He was a priest. Um, That little book is snuck in there um, close to Job before Psalms. Anyway, Nehemiah was, he had this calling on his life to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Ezra's calling was to rebuild the people. Six different times, well actually I read that there's eight, but I found six places where the Bible clearly says, gives us the secret of um, Ezra's success. And here it is, verse 6. If you look at the very last phrase of verse 6, the hand of the Lord, his God, was upon him. Verse 9, again, the very last phrase, according to the good hand of his God that was upon him. And the other one is verse 28. I was strengthened as the hand of the Lord my God was upon me. Hallelujah. So like I said, if we are in Christ, we, and in union with Christ, we already and automatically have this hand of God that's upon us. Mighty to save us, mighty to deliver us, mighty to strengthen us, just like he did Elijah, just like he did Ezra. We can expect to be empowered by the hand of God. God's hand is also mighty to help. This next verse, I'm sure a whole bunch of you have already memorized it. We're going to change it up just a little bit, um, Isaiah 41.10, and we're going to go to God's word translation. So this is the word of the Lord. Take it for yourself today. Don't be afraid. Because I am with you. Don't be intimidated. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will support you with my victorious right hand. So when you're hearing this phrase, the hand of God upon you, I don't know what you're picturing. Maybe you're picturing God's hand on your head. Maybe you're picturing his hand on your shoulders. Maybe you're picturing his hand in your hand. But this talks about a support. So that 
That's like he's undergirding you from underneath. That he's just got a hold of you, friend. Can you say yes? Yes, I receive that. He is supporting us with his victorious right hand. Now think about that little stone that David, of course he practiced for hours with his slingshot. I suppose maybe he had a 90 mile an hour rock. What do you think? (laughs) But I think God's hand was upon that little stone and just guided it to the exact right place with enough power to do a little damage. (laughs) Hallelujah. Uh, Just like the hand of God gave Elijah speed and he gave Samson. You remember that story where Samson, just with the jawbone of a donkey, killed one 1,000 Philistines in a matter of, what, a couple hours. That's the anointing, the power of God. Hallelujah. So will you say it with me? I declare and decree the mighty hand of God is upon me. Hallelujah. To deliver, to strengthen, to help, and to give you the victory. So God's hand is a strengthening hand. This is my Second point, First Chronicles 29, 11, and 12. David is praising God here. This is the dedication of the temple, a very big deal. And I got to thinking as I was reading this, wow, I mean, we're so used to these kind of words, but picture yourself as David. Here's this magnificent temple that he could have thought, hmm, look what I did. Hmm, I've spent hours planning, and of course, he didn't get to do the building building, but here's what he says to God. Yours is the greatness. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. The victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. You reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great. And to give strength to all. So, friend, God does intend for his power to be seen in the earth. And it's probably going to happen through you and me. Because we have God's spirit in us and on us. And, yes, he has planted greatness in you. Hallelujah. It's his hand that will cause that greatness to be seen. How? How is the greatness of God seen in us? It's the anointing. I heard this wonderful definition recently of the anointing. He said it's the hand of God extended. So if we're picturing this hand of God that's upon us, holding us, taking us by the right hand, just picture that next time you you reach out your hand and pray for someone who's sick. It's the hand of God just being extended through you. Or the next time you hug somebody, you are the hands of God extended. And his love is flowing from and through you. Hallelujah. God's hand, number three, is a protecting hand. Deuteronomy 33, 3. Again, these are some of the last words of Moses before he died. He writes, yay. He, talking about God. God loved the people. All his saints. Do you see yourself as a saint? A holy one? All his saints are his in his hand, and they sat down at his feet. Everyone shall receive his words. The Voice Bible puts it like this. All of his chosen ones are in his hand. John chapter 10, verse 28, speaking of his sheep, 
In other words, those who hear his voice and respond and follow. He says, I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Friends, God is not going to be changing his mind about you. Hallelujah. He is forever committed to keeping you and making you his forever. And uh, probably my favorite verse today, let's look at Psalm 139, verse 5. And we're going to look at it in the King James. I know some of the words are a little oldish, but okay, here it is. You have beset me behind and before, and you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge. It's too wonderful for me. It's high. I cannot attain it. So the Hebrew word for besetting is very interesting, guys. It describes, it's a military word that describes a city under siege or a city caught in an ambush. Are you getting the picture? Like you've been, God's got you so surrounded. All of those angels at every angle. Nobody can get through. You have been overtaken by the love of God. Hallelujah. Captured by his grace. God's got the big guns on you, friends. The goodness and the mercy of God chasing you down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Such knowledge, the psalmist says, is incomprehensible. It's more than my brain can register. But you know what? I believe it. Hallelujah. The voice Bible says, You have surrounded me on every side, behind me and before me, and you have placed your hand gently on my shoulder. Would you just take one of your hands and just reach back and just touch your shoulder? Okay, now just close your eyes and take that hand away. And just picture that hand. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could always feel God's hand on our shoulders? Well, we can't, but we can sure live by faith, right? And believe and trust. Hallelujah. Like Nehemiah and Ezra, the gracious hand of favor is already upon us. So number four, God's hand is a guiding word. Psalm 139 will stay... um, And here we're going to look at it from the Passion Translation. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, wherever you go, God's hand will guide you. His strength will empower you. And point number five, God's hand is a hand of favor and blessing. Excuse me, Isaiah 62, verse 3. Do we have it in the King James first, maybe? Isaiah 62, verse 3. You shall be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. So I don't know. We used to sing. We still sing that song. He's got the whole world in his hand. So hopefully you picture yourself in God's hand. But what do you see yourself as? 
Do you see yourself as a little ant? As a little seed? We're all seeds. I don't know how you see yourself, but this is how God sees you. A crown of glory in his hand, a royal diadem, I mean a sparkling jewel. Pick your favorite one. Sparkling, maybe a ruby, maybe you're red, maybe you're blue, maybe you're whatever you are. This is how God sees you. And then uh, Jeremy had the other translation, God's word translation. You will be a beautiful crown in the hand of the Lord, a royal crown in the hand of your God. So friends, for eternity, God will be displaying his glory and his grace in our lives. I can just see him calling you forward. Natalie, come in. We're going to just tell the world today about your story. The grace of God showing up. The glory of God showing up. Such fun, huh? Okay, here's our last verse for the day. Psalms 44.3 from the God's Word translation. It was not with their swords. Now, this is a, a gentleman discussing all the past victories for his ancestors. He says it wasn't with their swords that they took possession of the land. They didn't gain victory with their own strength. It was your right hand. It was your arm and the light of your presence that did it because you were pleased with them. Glory to God. Friends, God has you covered. The hand of God's blessing is upon you. His favor is upon you. His grace is upon you. His anointing is on you. His power is on you. So it does not matter what people say about you. It doesn't matter how they treat you. It doesn't matter what is the big challenge you're facing right now in your life. God is personally validating you and strengthening you and making sure that your every single need is met. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you. I personally thank you, Lord, that you are besetting me behind and before, that you have laid your hand upon me and all these people, Lord. We are caught in an ambush, Lord. We're captured by your grace, overtaken by your love. Thank you that your mighty hand is upon us to strengthen us, to guide us, to protect us, and always, always, always to favor us with your glorious presence. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the service. Pour out your spirit in an amazing and a beautiful way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blessings on you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife@brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.